This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So, uh, it's been kind of a while. I mean, I took a week off because I had finals last week and I was doing other stuff. Didn't really have to find the time to record. But it has felt like it's been forever since so I've talked to a podcast microphone. So, I'm so glad to be back. Uh, just get ready to talk some basketball. We're going to talk about some uh, nickel, some different things. Nikola Jokic winning MVP. And then um, my kind of issue with um, insider reporting and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Okay, so Nikola Jokic has won MVP second year in a row. Uh, shout out to him. I saw this tweet where a Bleacher Report said, if I can find it, uh, what is going on? So it says, Nikola Jokic has been voted MVP per Woj ESPN. Back-to-back for the Joker puts him in legendary company. And there's a couple interpretations to that where you think maybe since him winning back-to-back, it does put him in legendary company. There's a lot of legends there who have done it. But if you're an MVP, you're kind of a legend on your own. Right, so I think the interpretation they're going for is that winning an MVP back-to-back is kind of rare and that it's definitely something that should be noted. But I went to make sure, like, how rare is it to win back-to-back? Because we saw it in the past couple years with Giannis winning back-to-back, something that I didn't think was going to happen. Because all you hear around the MVP votes is voter fatigue. Man, will the voters put him in? Will they will they give him the respect that he deserves just because he's already won it already? It's um it's not that rare to win back-to-back MVPs. It's if he if we'll t- let's go through it. So, 56 Bob Pettit wins it the first to ever win the MVP award. So, we have a string of one, two, three, four, five years of different people winning it. Kind of. It was Pettit, Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, Bob Pettit again, then Wilt. 61 to 63, Bill Russell wins it three times in a row. 64, Oscar Robertson wins it. So he sandwiches. <laughs> He's being sandwiched by Bill Russell. So Bill Russell won it three times. He won it four times in five years. After that, 66 to 68, Wilt Chamberlain does it three years in a row. 71 to 72, Kareem does it two years in a row. Could have done three, but Dave Cowens broke the streak before Kareem winning another. Uh, 76, 77, Kareem goes back-to-back again. Um, Let's see here. 82, 83, Moses Malone wins it twice in a row. 84 to 86, Larry Bird wins it three times in a row. 89 and 90, Magic Johnson wins it twice in a row. 91, 92, Michael Jordan does it two years in a row. Going up, 02 to 03, Tim Duncan does it twice in a row. 05, 06, Steve Nash does it. And those are kind of controversial because if, if you remember watching Open Court, 
they also mention on Inside the NBA all the time. Shaq hates that Steve Nash won MVP over him, over Kobe. Especially, I think, in that 05 year was when Kobe, he had the 81-point game. He was scoring like 100 points over three games. And it's one of those things where people look back on it and are like, well, I don't really know if he deserved those. I mean, obviously he deserved them because if he's in the conversation, he kind of deserves it. But, yeah, so he won it two years in a row. 09 and 10, LeBron does it twice in a row. 11 and 12, sorry, 12 and 13, Bron does it twice in a row again. 15, 16, 7, Curry. Then 19, 20, Giannis. And then 21, 22, Jokic. So here's the thing. Bleacher Report is trying to say that, like, I think that the way they worded it may be messed up a little bit. Just because... It's not that rare. If if he were to win it three times in a row, which I don't think will ever happen again, unless if someone is just so transcendent that they would win it three times in a row. But even Jordan couldn't win it three times in a row. That's how bad voter fatigue is that Michael Jordan didn't win it three times in a row at all. He only won it twice in a row once. 91-92, Jordan. 93, Barkley. 94-95 is when he's out of the league, so that's Hakeem and David Robinson. 96, Jordan wins it. 97, Carl Malone. 98, Jordan. So, if voter, if you don't think voter fatigue is real, I don't know where you're looking up everything, just because it is real. It's 100% real. It's just maybe not real. Well, it is kind of real in the Defensive Player of the Year award, just because Marcus Smart won it this year. Instead of Rudy Gobert, who'd won it, I don't know, four years running? Something like that? So, I think that the way that Bleach Report was trying to word it is that, hey, he's in company with MJ, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Moses Malone, Tim Duncan, LeBron James. And it's just, guys, I get what you're trying to say. But winning twice in a row is not that important. If he wins three times in a row, that's insane. That's Well, that's never been done before. Oh, it has been done before. I'm sorry, I cannot talk. It's been done before. Hasn't happened since 1986. Be wildly impressive to do so. But I just think whoever wins the MVP next year, because I think it will be someone different. I don't think Jokic will win three in a row for this very reason of voter fatigue. That um, I would expect them to go back to back just because we had a streak here for a long time. It since 0809. LeBron James, LeBron James, broken up by Derrick Rose before LeBron goes back to back again, broken up by Kevin Durant for Stephen Curry to go back to back. Westbrook, Harden, Giannis, Giannis, Jokic, Jokic. So let's see. There's one back-to-back stint, two back-to-back stints, three, four, five back-to-back stints since 2009. And if you only want to go over 10 years, say starting in 2012, you have one, two, three, four of those back-to-back stints 
are within the past 10 years. So it's just, whoever wins it next year, I would expect them to go back to back. I don't want to, of course now I say that, no one's ever going to go back to back again, and Jokic will be the last person to ever do it, and then I'll have to come back on this podcast and eat my words, even though I'm using evidence from the past. I don't know, whatever I say, it's just the opposite completely happens. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But yeah, uh, shout out Nikola Jokic. I mean, he had one heck of a year. I mean, let's go ahead and take a look at the stats. 27 points, uh, only four turnovers, uh, a block, one and a half steals, eight assists for centers, insane, 13 total rebounds a game, 2.8 offensive rebounds, 11 defensive, 81% from the free throw line, which is good for a center, even though he's a professional. I would think that if you're a professional, you should be shooting, I don't know, about 85-90% depending on your position. And it's, one, it's just one of those things with me where I see teams struggle from the free throw line, and to me it doesn't make sense because I was held to such a high standard when I played, even in elementary school when I started playing, I had a huge standard set on me to where... In fifth grade, from fifth grade on, each year you go up, you need to up your free throw percentage by 10% in practice. Now, it's different for a game. I get it. There's different situations. But also, it's kind of a muscle thing, so I don't really know what's going on there. But um, So fifth grade, you're, you can make 50% of your free throws and you're fine. Sixth grade, 60%. Seventh grade, 70 So on, so forth. When you get into high school... Uh, around 10th grade, you should probably be shooting 100% in practice. And it's it's a numbers game. It's pretty close. Like, if you're shooting 90 or something like that, it's fine. Whatever. That's in practice. I understand that games, that situations are situational. Uh, everything is different. But when you've been doing it long enough and you shoot enough free throws in practice, it's kind of a muscle memory thing, and you really shouldn't be missing those free throws. Because... I I really I just never I've never really understood that. Just looking at different percentages as teams, you should be like I look at some of these teams. I'm like, well, they really should be shooting better from the free throw line. And it's just one of those things where I I understand it's gonna be an old adage. I'm gonna sound very old right now, but whatever. They're called free throws for a reason. They should be free. People are like, well, it's not really free. You still have to do a bunch of different stuff with it. No, not really. All I have to do is practice, and then let's see. Once you practice, you get your muscle memory down. And then when you get into a game, even if you're tired, your muscles will still snap into it. If you are a little bit tired, what do you have to do? Bend your knees a little bit more? I mean, come on. It's not that difficult and... I understand that people are going to say, well, I don't know. I To me, I was set on such a high standard to where it makes too much sense for teams not to do that. Like, each year you go, if you're in high school or if you're a college player, in practice you should be hitting every free throw. 
There's just no other way around it to me. And like I said, when you get in a game, give me different situations, high-pressure situation, you can miss some. But you also still need to make them in high-pressure situations. That's just me. And that's just... I don't know. It's just something to where, like I said, I had a high standard growing up. So, that's me on the free throws. Um, other stats for Nikola Jokic. Sorry, that was a long tangent. Um, 65% on two-pointers, 33% on three-pointers, which, I mean, honestly, for a center is pretty good. Um, 58% from the field overall. He gets 17 shots a game. He makes 10. Not bad. On 33 minutes, 74 games. Joel Embiid was someone who I thought was going to win it. Um, I think I said that on an earlier episode. I think it was after the All-Star game. Like, just seeing Embiid, he was a monster in the All-Star game. And I get it, the All-Star game is not a real game and all that, but like, in the fourth quarter when people start trying, or in the last couple of minutes when people start trying to get that money, he was insane. But uh, Embiid on a year, 30.6 points, leading the league. Uh, let's see, one and a half blocks, 1.1 steals, 4.2 assists. 11.7 total rebounds. 81% from the free throw line. Um, 52% from two pointers. 37% from three. Pretty good for a center. 49.9% field goal. Hitting half his shots. I And another thing that I really thought was going to put Embiid over the top was that this was like his healthiest year so far. And I know that like in the playoffs he's missed a couple games and all that. But we haven't seen him play that many games. Like, Embiid has played 68 games this year. Jokic has played 74. I mean, this is the most Embiid has played since 1819 when he had 64 games. It's the most he's played in his career at 68. His first two years, he had an injury. 31 in his technically rookie year. 63 in 2018. 64, 2019, and then 51 over the past two years, and now he had 68. That's what I thought was going to put him over top. It's like, man, he's actually healthy this year. He's always kind of been an MVP conversation. I don't want to say it's been, like, eminent. But this year and last year were ones where you're like, wow, this guy cannot really be stopped. And just one of those things where I really did think he was going to do just because... It was his healthiest year by far. He was doing great as he always does. But it's almost, I don't know. I I think it's kind of like the drama with Philadelphia maybe falling into it. The whole Ben Simmons thing. Then James Harden comes in and they're like, okay, I guess. (laughs) I mean, not really, but it's also, I don't know. And I, I see all these... I saw the stupidest stuff on, like, Snapchat and Twitter and all that. I follow all these uh, sports pages, and someone was saying it was games one and two. I think it was game one of the Miami Sixers series. Embiid is out, obviously. I think he had the orbital uh, fracture, and he wasn't able to play. And someone was saying, like, wow, the Sixers are, like, not good without Embiid. 
And I'm like, yeah, no, duh. He's an MVP candidate. Like, that was that had to have been the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It was like, wow, when you take out when you take out a guy who's an MVP caliber player and someone who is, you know, doing a very good job this year, and just uh yeah, he's just an all around great player and unstoppable force. He's like their their team isn't good without him. What do you expect? I get it. Harden's won MVP before he should have carried a little bit more of the weight. But he's not an MVP candidate this year. Like it's just people don't think about stuff before they post some things. And it's just infuriating. Oh my god. Guess what? The Sixers when they don't have Embiid, they're not really they're not as good. They're they're losing by 20 to the Miami Heat. Well, let's see how many points per game does, does Joel Embiid average. Oh, 30 points a game. Yeah, maybe that's your difference right there. Just think about different stuff. I understand you're a playoff team. You should probably not rely on one player as much. But guess what? People re- rely on a certain player, and if they don't show up or they don't play, they're not going to win. It's just been the way of different things. The Sixers aren't as good without Joel Embiid. Oh my God, I like. <laughs> I almost when I saw that, I almost like started recording on my phone just to put something out there saying this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, it's just totally ridiculous. Um. Yeah, but there's that. So, congrats to Nikola Jokic being MVP. Shout out. Second year in a row. He is in legendary company, but um, a lot of people have won MVP twice in a row. So, next, um, I want to talk about... It's the same tweet from Bleacher Report. Nikola Jokic has been named MVP per Woj ESPN. Um... If you do not know, Adrian Wojnowski, also known as Woj, he is a uh, NBA insider at ESPN, the worldwide leader. Um, yeah, and he just breaks news all the time. He does what he does what an insider has to do. He gets information. He deals out information. He can exchange information for different stuff. Um, he helps players get leverage. It's kind of like it's exactly what Adam Schefter does for the NFL, except it's the NBA. Uh, I don't think Woj is as um, controversial as Schefter. He can be at times, but uh, Schefter's really taken the cake over the past couple weeks for that. But with Woj, this tweet, when I took a screenshot, it came out two days before I took a screenshot, which was on Wednesday May 11th. So, this tweet came out on Monday. The NBA officially announced yesterday, on Wednesday, that Nikola Jokic has won MVP. Two days in advance? How do you, how's that, how do you do that? Like, seriously, he did it. I understand, he gets the inside information, that's what he does, it's Woj. It's the number one thing he does. I put out every, not every trade deadline, but the first trade deadline that I was on Twitter, 
I posted, I'm looking out for Woj Bombs today. Just because it's always something that he always gets the biggest news and it's always going to be just a blockbuster. Sometimes it's kind of boring where it's like Joel Embiid is out for game five. It's like, okay, cool. But it's between him and Sham, uh, Shams, Shams Charania. I'm sorry. I still don't know. Uh, he's with the athletic, uh, Woj, I'm pretty sure has the lead on him just because I think he's been doing it for a little bit longer and I mean they both have incredible respect across the league across NBA Twitter across basketball but yeah I think Woj takes the cake for um being a top NBA insider but here's my thing with this um I've kind of tried to do the whole um insider information thing with different podcasts I have or working on games uh, just because you have to form a rep you have to form a relationship you don't well you don't have to it's it's in your favor if you form relationships with players and coaches just not to get information on different stuff I mean it's totally not the NBA but just to if you have questions you're able to ask them and they they can help you with it. I've tried the whole inside information thing. It's just not fun, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, you form relationships with these players. You can somewhat you can call them friends if you want. But it's also it's just weird saying, Oh, according to my sources, um, yeah, it's just talk about like, hey, someone told me this. I try I've I've tried to do it. It's not good. Um, it has its place, but I mean, I've tried it before. It's not that exciting for me just because trying to act professional with it is so weird when in my position, all, if I have a class with an athlete, I ask them, Hey, what are you, what's the plan for uh tomorrow? Something like that. Especially if I'm covering the game, They're like, Hey, what are, what's this team looking like? What do I need to know? Stuff like that. It's a, for a completely different reason. So, um, I and I respect the hustle, okay? I get it. These people get paid a lot of money, like, a lot. Like, triple figures. Not triple figures. Um, nine-figure salaries to be on the phone with people, make sure you get calls, and if you break it first... You can say sources told ESPN or sources told the Athletic. Nothing else. Just be like, according to my sources. And it's just um, it's it's exhausting being a fan, trying to keep up with different stuff. It's fine for a trade deadline scenario, like. Because you're not when the trade deadline is happening, you're most likely at work or at school. You're not able to watch a whole trade deadline show, so you can check Twitter every now and then see what Woj is saying or Shams, whatever. I'm mainly focusing on Woj. But when it comes to the NBA draft, I think I've talked about this before. I've talked about it on a broadcast before. Um, I cannot open Twitter for the NBA draft just because 
every pick is spoiled. Like, a few years ago, like when Woj was kind of, he was like the only, he's the only uh, circus in town when it came to breaking news and all that. It would be like a it would be like a pick in advance. Just be like, hey, I think I'm hearing sources saying that I don't know the Nets are gonna trade this pick, something like that. Or here's what here's who the Bulls are looking at between like three or four players. Now it's like you know the whole top ten before the draft even starts. It's not fun anymore. The draft is was always such a fun time for me growing up. And still today, kind of, if if Twitter's off, the draft is still completely fun for me. Because you're seeing these people that you've watched in college. Maybe you saw them go off in the tournament. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Or if someone from your favorite team is about to be drafted. It's always great to see where they're going to go. I remember for the NBA draft, I stayed up until midnight for Robbie Hummel to get drafted 55 to the Minnesota Timberwolves just because he's my favorite player and I we di- I didn't know when he was going to go I thought someone would take a chance on him just because it was after the two ACL injuries I was like please someone take him number 55 had to wait for him or maybe or was it 57? Because uh, Etoile Moore was 55, wasn't he? Yeah. Sorry, I need to I need to make sure on this. Robbie Hummel. 58 overall to the Timberwolves, so Etoile Moore was 57. I do remember, I did stay up for Etoile Moore at 55 to go to the Celtics when uh, him and Jawan Johnson got. Uh, Jawan was drafted by the Celtics. No, he's drafted by the Nets. They traded him for Marshawn Brooks. Um, kind of a lose-lose for both teams. I mean, I love Jawan Johnson and all that, but um, none of them really played in the league that long. Etwan Moore's still in the league, but he got drafted to Celtics. Um, anyway, so I've stayed up watching the draft just to make sure someone from my team gets drafted. Robbie Hummel at 58, Etwan Moore at 55. Those are long nights. Um, but the draft has always been fun for me. It's always just been... I remember... I think the first year... The first year I watched the draft was 2009. Because... I remember... This is crazy. Um, I remember when the Grizzlies drafted Ashim the Beat... And I thought it was the best pick ever. Because, <laughs> I mean, what, I'm eight years old at that time? I didn't even turn nine yet. I'm eight years old, and I'd always see is Hashim the B everywhere. And I'm like, this guy's seven foot two? That's insane. <laughs> I even have, um, I have a couple of Hashim the B rookie cards. Oh man, those are probably worth not even a dollar. They're probably not even worth fifty cents because <laughs> he didn't do anything. But um, <laughs> that's a funny, <laughs> that's a funny memory. But um, yeah, Shemp the Bee. I remember seeing him and I was like, dude, the Grizzlies are. 
Could you imagine that Grizzlies team if if Hashim Thabit was like good? Because they had Marcus All at that point, Mike Conley, Zebo, Tony Allen, <laughs> Rudy Gay was still there, OJ Mayo was still there. If you were to go on paper and look at that Memphis Grizzly team, you would think they would win like five championships in a row, just because. <laughs> Just because, on paper, that team looks insane. Like, back in 2009, you were like, man, Hashim Thabit and OJ Mayo in a pick and roll. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> that would be, like, people would be, like, the next Stockton Malone is OJ Mayo and Hashim Thabit. <laughs> Hashim Thabit didn't make it, like, two years of the league, I'm pretty sure. And OJ Mayo is still kicked out of the league. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember watching... Just, the draft is always fun. But with people like Woj, you know, like I said, you know the top ten before the draft is even started. You know the top ten, like, an hour in advance. It's not fun anymore. Like... Sure, you can kind of figure out the number one pick pretty early on. Because, like, if a team will win the lottery, they will just straight up say, oh, yeah, we're picking this guy. I think the Pistons did a pretty good job uh, last year with Cade Cunningham. I don't think they announced it until, I think it was a couple hours before the draft. They did very good with it. Like, they weren't 100% sure, even though Cade was really the only good pick in people's eyes. I would have went with Jalen Suggs just because I love Jalen Suggs a lot. I think he has great potential on defense. Um, his offense can, it can use some work. I mean, he's so quick enough. I think he's crafty enough to where he was going to get away with it. But I think in everyone's eyes, it was Cade Cunningham. No question. The real question was between Jalen's of green and Suggs, who's gonna go. I thought it was going to be Suggs, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, yeah, but we knew in advance, like an hour in advance, oh, Jalen Green's going two. Um, Jalen Suggs is going four. It's like, dude, like the, the picks haven't even been official yet. Can you calm down? And it's always like you're in the middle. Like there's five minutes between picks in the first round, right? That's five minutes. You have... Um, about two minutes or maybe a minute or two to talk about um, the player that just got drafted. Then you got the rest of the time. It could pick could come in early. Pick could wait for five minutes and even longer for some reason. Um, you have that minute. You have those couple minutes to talk about. Hey, who was this team need? Uh, what players do you think will suit them best? No, Woj broke their news like when they were taught when. As soon as one player was announced, Woj just got like the next five picks. Just because, and it's so annoying. I just, I'm tired of all the NBA insiders. Take a day off on draft day. Sure, you can stay around, talk about trades and all that. But for the love of God, please stop spoiling picks. It's not fun anymore. Like, this is the one thing 
We don't have a three-day draft. It's one night. I think that you're going to be all right not working as hard for a day. But I got to get it before Shams. I got to get it before Woj. Who cares? Like, in the grand scheme of things, who really cares who gets what first? Like, is there a tally? There probably is a tally. There's a lot of people out on the internet that just keep track of everything. But why? Why? Why does it matter so much who is first? I don't get it. And it's just infuriating as a fan. All I'm trying to do... I'm just trying to have fun, watch who's going where, and even, like, I almost can't have my phone during the draft just because, like, different people will, like, be like, hey, this is what Woj is saying. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I don't. I want to hear it. I just don't. And I don't. (sighs) Yeah, so... Woj doing what he does, breaking news two days in advance. Are you kidding me? You know, what would have been a good thing to break two days in advance. The, the news that just came out that the Eastern conference finals, MVP and Western conference finals, MVP are the Larry bird trophy and the Magic Johnson trophy. That's news that you can break in advance. Cause that's something to where sure people would care about it, but not as much as, Saying, hey, here's your most valuable player. I've talked to all the voters. They give me their voter card. By the way, who is giving Woj the voting cards? Like, to figure out who is going to be MVP. Why? Why would you ever, like, for sanity of people, do you want to have any suspense in it? We've been talking about this MVP race for, I don't know, three months now? Like, ever since the All-Star game, it's been going back and forth. Jason Tatum, Stephen Curry, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Giannis was even thrown in there. Devin Booker thrown in there. I saw Chris Paul was on the card. It's, oh, why? Why? We can't have anything. Everything, like... True spoiler alerts are happening all the time. And it's just... Make it fun for the people who watch it. Make it an actual product that's interesting. Just because you want the NBA ESPN show... I don't even know what it's called anymore after they got rid of the jump after the whole Rachel Nichols thing. I don't, I don't even know... What's going into that? It's just that I know they have an NBA show now. Uh, NBA Today, that's what it's called. Just so NBA Today can have an advance on who wins MVP by two days? If it's two hours, I'm fine with it. Sure, why not? But a two-day advance on Nikola Jokic winning MVP. Why? Just so Adrian Wojnarowski can tell the whole world, I have beat Shams once again. Please send the check in the mail. What are we doing? 
I'm just, I'm perplexed by it every day. Um, I mean, obviously I follow Woj and Shams just because I have to keep up with certain stuff. But, um, yeah. Two days. Two days for the MVP. Could you imagine, like, back in the 80s and 90s, people would be up in arms about it. I guarantee it. Finding out who the MVP is two days in advance. And by the way, if Woj would have got that wrong, oh my god. Could you imagine? that? Would li- it would literally be the Adam Schefter-Tom Brady thing. When Schefter says, uh, Tom Brady's retiring according to my sources. Well, I guarantee Tom Brady was going to retire until you broke it. I don't know, about a day. In- well, I don't think Tom Brady was going to announce that for another week. And then Schefter comes out saying, According to my sources, Tom Brady will be retiring from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers effective immediately. It's like, dude, and, and Tom Brady's, I haven't even talked to Coach Arians yet. Can you give me a minute? And it, if Woj would have got that wrong, holy, <laughs> I could not have imagined it. But he did. He always does. I don't think Woj has seldomly been wrong. I think... Because if Woj is wrong, it's not really on Woj. It's on the people that he knows, which is all the people in NBA front offices. (laughs) So if Woj is wrong, it's kind of a surprise to the whole league when it happens. Yeah. So with that, that'll do it for this week. Um, Stop spoiling everything. I'll bring it up again when the draft comes around. We got a couple months. We got about a month on that. Um, very excited to see uh, the lottery. I think the lottery's coming up pretty soon, or maybe it's here in the next couple weeks. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't really know about this year's draft class just because. I mean, I watch college basketball, right? But it's just like I've watched college basketball my whole life. Well, not my whole life. Ever since I was like eight years old. And um, you still can't really get a hold on it. You just listen to what other people say and hope they're right. People thought Jalil Okafor, Carl Anthony Towns was a real debate. People thought Tim Duncan, Keith Van Horn was a debate. It's like no one knows what they're talking about. It's just trying to give your best guess. I have no idea. There's a bunch of Big Ten guys in the lottery that are projected, so this year probably won't be that great. But with that, um, big summer coming up. Probably talk about some different playoff stuff. Like I said, I don't really want to become like a whole sports center thing, just recapping different stuff. But if it comes down to it, um, probably do it once or twice. I'll probably do it when the finals come around just because uh, it's up-to-date. Con- it's not really. It won't be up-to-date. But, you know, pretty relevant content at that point. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, thank you very much for listening. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network. 
part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.